tonight, truly in your heart, if you so, would you lift your hands all over this house? God, I want to live the way that you want me to live. God, I want to give until there's no more that I could possibly give. God, I want to love till there's just no more love, oh God. For you deserve everything that I have tonight. That's my heart's desire, Lord. God, to live, to give, and to love. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Amen. I am so thankful to be in the house of the Lord. So thankful to feel His presence that has been here all the day long. Amen. And I am thankful that I serve a God who loves me. Amen. Truly loves me. We are a blessed people tonight, church. Amen. Amen. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. I'm going to be reading this passage of Scripture in the Message Translation. They're going to put it up before you. Acts chapter 3, a very familiar passage of Scripture that many of you are aware of. It says, One day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Peter and John were on their way into the temple for prayer meeting. At the same time, there was a man crippled from birth being carried up. Every day he was set down at the temple gate and the one named Beautiful to beg for those going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for a handout. Peter with John at his side looked him straight in the eye and said, look here. He looked up expecting to get something from them. Peter said, I don't have a nickel to my name, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he grabbed him by the right hand and pulled him up. In an instant, his feet and ankles became firm. He jumped to his feet and walked. The man went into the temple with them. Walking back and forth, dancing and praising God. Everybody there saw him walking around and praising God. And they recognized him as the one who sat begging at the temple's gate beautiful. And they rubbed their eyes astonished, scarcely believing what they were seeing. And the man threw his arms around Peter and John, ecstatic. And all the people ran up to where they were at Solomon's porch to see it for themselves. Now reading that tonight, there are so many things right there in those few verses that just speak life, encouragement that you just get excited about. And it, all, it is all so good that I want to draw from Peter's words tonight. When he said, I don't have a nickel to my name, but what I do have, I give you. What I do have, I give you. And tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject. What I have, I will give. What I have, I will 
give. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your presence that is in this place. God, I pray right now that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, that we would give until there's no more to give tonight. God, whatever I have, God, that could be of use to you, Lord, use me tonight, God. Use these wonderful people, God, that we may bring glory to your name, that others would be astonished at the work that is done. God, that miracle signs and wonders would follow us that believe, oh God, and that a crowd of people would draw near, not believing what they just saw. God, but they come hungry and expecting something more. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Tonight, I know that it is easy for people of God to say the right things. We know the right vernacular. We know the right things to get a response. We know the right words to encourage someone. Well, this is just for a season. Well, God is with you. God is fighting for you. We know the right things to say. We know the prayers that we ought to pray. And we know how to worship. But there are some times, even though we know, even though in our mind we understand what we ought to do and what we ought to believe and what we ought to declare, but our heart has trouble accepting we know that when I am weak, he is made strong. But sometimes when we're weak, we're discouraged. We're in despair. We're worrisome. We know not to grow weary in well-doing, for his word tells us that. So our intellect tells us when we are worrying, don't, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. We know the word of God. We know those pick-me-up verses that come in to encourage us. We know that we're on the winning side. We know how the story ends because we've read the end of the book. And we know that God's people become victorious. But even with all of our knowledge, some still find themselves feeling hopeless. One person said, sometimes your heart needs more time to accept what your mind already knows. Sometimes it just takes the heart a little while and your faith a little while to get on board with what the Word of God already says. And so often we see every single one of our shortcomings. We know our limitations. We know our failures. We know our mistakes. We know our past. And if we do not know our shortcomings... There is not a lack of people in our world that will be sure to point them out to you. That will be sure to tell you your shortcomings. That will be sure to show you your mistakes and your failings. And tell you that you're not good enough. We see failure all over. We see every fall that we make. Every struggle that we are in. We see our limitations and we wonder, God, are you sure that you're talking to me? Are you sure that you love me? Do you really know who you're working with tonight? Do you really know this child of God 
like you say you know us. God, because I know all of my limitations. I know all of my shortcomings. And I know where I fail. Are you certain I'm the one you have called and chosen to save? And we get out this list that is a mile long. And we come before God and we say, God, I'm just not enough. God, I don't have enough to give. I don't have money to invest. I don't have any time to spare and I don't have energy to keep going. I don't have motivation to press on. I don't have this and I don't have that. And I count all of the things that I do not have. If we are not careful, we will spend so much time looking at what we do not have that we will forget what we do have. That we'll look at the things that we cannot do and will never accomplish. And, and that's never going to happen for me. And that's never going to happen for my family. And we can look at all of that instead of looking at who we do have. And say, with God, all things are possible. With Him, I truly am on the winning side. With God, He truly can pick me up out of the miry clay and set my feet on a solid ground. I know all the things that I don't have but I also know tonight what I do have Peter could have dwelled on the fact he did not have money he could have dwelled on the fact that he had left his job and his family to follow Jesus well I I don't have this and I don't have that and I gave all of that up but instead he remembered not only what he had but who he had and that was enough It was enough to sustain him on his journey. It was enough to heal. It was enough to save and deliver. But having it is of none effect if I'm not using what I've got. Brother James Hughes said it at camp meeting last week. If I have the Holy Ghost, that's great and that's wonderful. But if I'm not utilizing that power that is inside of me and I'm not living this life to the fullest potential, that's not on God, that's on me. And I've got to say, you know what? I know that when I was buried with Christ in baptism, I took upon him, his name on my life. I became an heir of salvation. I became an heir of all the things that he's a part of. He said that there would be power that would come upon them. They could tread on serpents. They could drink things and not be poisoned. There's a power that comes when you have him. We all lack. We're all missing so much. If we were to be really honest, we could sit down tonight and go through a list of all the things we cannot do. I can't sing, I can't play, I can't preach, I can't do this, I don't have money to dress like them, I don't have this, I don't have all of that. We don't have to think on things to think about when we talk about things that we lack. We know. We know our limitations, we know our shortcomings and our failures. But we are constantly trying to measure up and keep up with the Joneses. Why can't my home look like that? Why can't I have that car? Why do I seem to be the one struggling when they seem to have it all together? But hear me tonight. We've got to stop looking at what we don't have. And we've got to start realizing what we do have. 
Because you know what? I may not have those cars and I may not have that house and I may not be living that life, but they're out there saying, I don't have what they have. I don't have peace in my life. I don't have joy in my home. I'm on my fourth marriage and I, everything I do, everything I touch crumbles. I want what they have. We have something great and something wonderful, and we ought to be proud of it. We ought to be thankful that we have something that the world does not have. We ought to be thankful that there's still something inside of us that keeps us going today. Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press out of sight of the Midianites. In Judges 6, in the message, it says, The angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, O mighty warrior. Gideon replied, With me? With me, my master? God is with me? If God is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracle wonders our parents and grandparents told us about? Telling us, didn't God deliver us from Egypt? The fact is God has nothing to do with us and he's turned us over to Midian. And you say, well, that sounds like awfully harsh words to be talking to God. But I've been there. When God has spoken something to me, who me? Oh, I don't think you're talking to me because my life's a mess right now. Nothing's working. Everything's broken down. Everything's lost. Everything is turmoil and trial. And God, you just being really honest, you seem a million miles away. But notice God doesn't slap him and scold him and push him off to the side and say, All right, forget it. I'll find somebody else. Forget it. I'll look for somebody else valuable. I'll, I'll go look for a real warrior. But the Bible says, But God faced him directly. God got right down to where he was and said, in essence, look here. I want you to look at what I'm fixing to tell you. Go in this strength that is yours. Save Israel from Midian. Haven't I just sent you? And again, Gideon said to him, me? Are you sure you're talking to me? Because I know my lineage. I know where I come from. How and with what could I ever save Israel? Look at me. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the runt of the litter. Would you just look at who I am, God, and make sure... That you've got the right person because I'm telling you, I don't have it. I'm not the warrior that you see. I'm not the person you claim that I am. I'm not as strong as you think I am, God. And I know that you've called me and I know that you've brought me to Greater Life Church. And I know that we're here in this hour for such a time as this. But God, I think maybe you missed the mark on me because I'm not all the that things that you said that I am. And God, I'm just being really honest. I'm not enough. I'm not enough for you. I'm 
not enough to give all of those things. But God again does not push him off to the side. God again does not set him away and say, you're right. You are lousy. You are no good. I do need to find somebody else. No, God said to him, I'll be with you. Believe me, you will defeat Midian as one man. You see, it's easy when our mind knows the truth, but it's difficult when our heart has yet to accept that truth. And here Gideon is saying, okay, God, okay, God, whatever you say, what, or if you're sure you're talking to me, and God did just what he said he would do. God used Gideon just like he promised that he would use him. And God had to get right down to where he was and said, I want you to look at me. I want you to listen to me. Don't worry about who you used to be. Don't worry that you're the least of the least of the least. The very thing that you're saying did discredit you is the very reason I'm coming for you. The very thing that you said I'm not good enough is the very reason I have called you. It's the very reason I am going to use you. So everybody will know God's hand was in this. God was in the middle of all this mix and God had his hand on my life. Peter had a realization. None of this is about me anyways. What I do have is greater than what I do not have. What he has equipped me with is greater than what I lack. Peter could have gone on and on for an entire chapter of all the things he did not have. And even what he did not have was not an excuse for him to not do anything. Even when he realized what he did not have, he didn't say... Well, Bob, I'm sorry, I ain't got no money to give you. And that could have been the end of that story, and we would have wondered, well, God, why did you even put that in the Bible? But he realized something. I want you to be aware of my realization there's some things I don't have. But what I do have, I will give. I may not have the thing that you're specifically asking for, But if you'll allow me just a moment, I do have something that I think you're going to want. I may not have money that will sustain you for today. But I've got a power working through me and living in me that is about to change your life. That is about to reach down to where you are and say, look at me. Look at what I'm about to tell you. I don't have what you want, but what I have, I'm giving it to you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk Walk, walk. And you know what? He got up and he started walking and he started dancing and he said, Woo! The Bible said he wrapped his arms around them. He was excited. His life had forever been changed. Don't you know he was saying, Thank God he didn't have any money. Thank God he didn't have a nickel to his name, but he had something greater. He had something more valuable. He had a power in him that changed my life. See, some of us, we're not giving what we have because we fear it will not be enough. God, me, 
God, I'm the least of the least of the least. Are you sure you're talking to me? And what we end up losing anyways, we refuse to offer to God. Some are not giving what we have because it's all we've got left. And if we give that up today, we will have nothing for tomorrow. Even though we know that the oil in the mill wastes not. Even though we know our God shall supply all of our needs. Even though we know He can provide manna from heaven. It's hard to give up what little bit you've got left. If I have a seed and I refuse to plant it. And I refuse to give what I have. That seed will be wasted. Too many have died holding on to precious seed. Well, God, I've got some corn here, but it's all I've got left. God, I've got some strength, but it's all I got left. I, I just, I got to hold on to it. God, I've got some anointing, but God, it's, it's all I've got left. And God, I'm just, if you don't mind, I'm just going to hold on to it. And they die with that seed still in their hand. Too many have died having burdened, burdened hearts for lost people, but didn't feel like they had enough to contribute. Too many have died using their oil and meal as a resource for their final meal so that they could die. And then that was the end. And the seed that we refuse to give over dies in our own hand. God, if I'd only given if i had only let it go if i had only trusted you with it what could have come you see some of us have let the seed go and now you're living in disappointment because you have sat there and you gave god all that you had left and you invested it and you put it in the ground and you planted it and then you sat there and you watched it die and you've grown weary and you've grown frustrated with God because that thing that you planted in the ground has died. But hear me tonight. Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. Unless you allow yourself to let it go, let it die, let it be out of your hand. Let it be out of your control and say, it's all I've got left, but what I have, I'll give it. What I've got left, I'll give it. He said, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. If you will let go of what little bit you feel like you've got left, you will be amazed at the outcome of you letting go. Of you saying, okay, God, I surrender. I, I put it in your hands. It's out of my hands right now. And God, maybe I've been disappointed because I trusted you with this. And, and I trusted that something was going to happen. He's saying, hold on, don't you give up just yet. It's dying, but it's dying for a purpose. Just like I died for a purpose. Just like you died for a purpose. You left that old way behind and you went all in. And you died to yourself yourself. 
and you died to your flesh and humanity. But because of that, you're going to have life everlasting. There's going to be more that comes from you than just that little bit that you had left. But you're about to see a harvest that is so great. If you would give to God what little bit you've got left, give that little bit of corn, and then you'll begin to see rows and rows and rows again. And then you take that and you say, I'm putting it right back in. I'm taking it and putting it right back in. And then that grows and that grows. And you started off with a little garden and now you've got a farm all because you gave God everything that you had. I say to you tonight, let that dream die. Let that last resort perish. Let the end of what I can do come so that the beginning of what he can do can commence. Let that seed die. Let what you have left go and just see what God might do and say, you know what, layman? I don't have that, but what I have, I will give it. What I've got left in me is more than enough for what you're going to need. Listen to someone tonight that has battled feeling inadequate. Hear from someone tonight who has come to God so many times saying, God, I'm sorry that I'm not enough. God, I'm sorry I've let you down. Me, are you sure you're talking? to me. God, I feel like I've made a mess of my life and you've been there. Or maybe I'm just talking to myself tonight and you come to God with tears streaming down your face. God, I'm sorry. I feel like I've failed you again. I feel like I've let you down again. And we pull out our list. I didn't do this right, God, and I didn't do that right and I made a mistake and I messed up and, and I went over this and I, I, I just, me, God, how could I ever be used? With what could I ever give that would be enough? But again, as God told Gideon, I will be with you. It's not about you. It's not about what you do not have. If all you've got is Jesus, you've got more than anyone else in the whole world. If all you got is a faith in God, then that is enough to move mountains. It's enough to speak to sycamine trees. It's enough to speak to the dead and see them live again. It's enough to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. It's enough to see devils cast out. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough to take a lame man by the hand and say, in the name of of Jesus Christ walk I don't have George Washington I've got Jesus I don't have Andrew Jackson I've got Jesus I don't have Visa or MasterCard but I've got Jesus and that's enough to save your soul for neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Peter had such a willingness about him that even when things don't always add up, somehow God makes up the difference. That we, when he, I don't have what they're asking me for. He says, you know what? I know somebody who has everything that this man really needs. I, I hear what he's asking for, but I know what he really needs today. 
You see, I've been there when I had no fish to show for my work. But then Jesus showed up. And he told me to cast my net again on the other side. He gave me an opportunity to try something different. He didn't do it for me. But he let me do it. Knowing that I didn't have what it takes. Knowing I had already given my best. Knowing I had nothing left to give because I was tired from the night. Knowing I had failed time and time again. Yet he still climbed on my boat and said let's try this one more time. But this time you're going to do it at my word. This time you're going to do it with me on board. This time you're going to try it with me backing you. And I've come tonight to tell you you've laid hands before and nothing changed you've prayed before and nothing happened but God is here tonight saying come on one more time give it all you've got everything you've got left give it and just see what I'm going to do and Peter said I know before because he's done it and I put my net in the water and all of a sudden now that he arrived everything changed and everything was different and when I put my hand down and picked it up fish came out of nowhere there were so many of them we had to call for help so I know when he's on board I can reach down and take hold of something else and raise it up and just keep seeing what miracles take place when I reach forth my hand and let God work look here layman I don't have money I don't have popularity. I don't have fame. My daddy's not a preacher. I didn't come from some wonderful heritage. I'm new to church. I'm new to this apostolic thing. I don't, I don't have all of the degrees and diplomas and certificates. But what I have, God, I will give. God, whatever you've seen in me that has kept me for such a time as this, that has allowed me to have a place here on a pew when you could have called anybody and you could have redeemed anybody. You saw fit to save me specifically. And maybe it's been a long time since I've been used by God. Maybe I've been sitting on my hands because I feel like I have nothing left to give. And there are people here tonight, hear me, that are sitting on an anointing because you feel like all you've got is this much left. You're sitting on God-given calling because you don't feel like there's a place for you. You feel like somebody else has come along and, and they're really gifted and they're really used by God. I'm challenging you tonight. It's not about that. Don't compare yourself to your brother or your sister. Say, I'm not worried about what they've got. This is what I've got and I'm going to give it. I offer my praise. I will offer my worship. They can't praise you like I can and praise you. They don't know what you've done for me. They don't know how faithful you've been. And their worship is not my worship. Their anointing is not my anointing. Their calling is not my calling. You gave this to me. It was birthed in a prayer room. It was birthed at an altar. And so God, I give it. I give it. I give it. I give it. Your mind knows all that tonight, though. Now it's time for your heart to get on board. Now it's time for you to start really, really believing it and acting upon it. We know he's enough. 
We know His Word is true and we can stand on it. And His promises are yea and amen. We know He will never fail us. We know all the lingo and all the vernacular. We know He equips those who He calls. We know that we have the power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We know all of those things. But now it's time that we start acting on it. Peter didn't have what the lame man wanted, but he did have what the lame man needed. You may not have what it takes to please everyone. Not you may not. I'm just going to go ahead and be real. You don't have what it takes to please everyone. I don't care who you are, where you came from, how much money you have, how popular you are. Not everybody is going to like you. You may not be enough to give them what they are asking of you. But give what you've got. Give what you've got. What I have, I will give. God, here's my five loaves and two fish. God, here's my two mites. God, here's the little bit of oil. And a little bit of meal I've got left. God, here's my broken alabaster. Here's the oil that I let pour from it. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my life. It's not perfect. It's not pretty. It's not anything special. But God, it's what I've got. And I will give it to you. I love watching a child receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because you want to talk about somebody who really doesn't have a whole lot to give or offer. They can come to God knowing They don't have money like mom and dad has money. Knowing they don't have all the giftings and talent mom and dad have. But can still come boldly to an altar with hands lifted. And say God I give you my heart. I give you my soul. God I give you all of me. I give you my tongue. I give you my words oh God. And they begin to be filled with God's spirit. Because he said I'm not interested in all the money. And all the fame. And all the popularity. I just want you. I want your heart. I want your willingness. I want you to give me everything that you've got. Brother Landon you don't understand. I've, I've lived my entire life not being good enough. I was the runt of the litter. The fact that I'm even here is a miracle. Because I should not be here. God, I'm not talented enough. I don't have enough to offer. And I've been a Leah who has been unloved, unrecognized, and unappreciated. I've devoted my whole life trying to be enough. And I just don't have what my sister has. I just don't have everything that Rachel has. The thing that's desired and the thing that's wanted by Jacob. I don't have all of that. But I'm trying to live up to the expectations of man. I'm trying to please man. I'm wanting to be accepted by my husband. I'm wanting to be accepted by the family. And when God realized that Leah was unloved, the Bible said he opened up her womb. He said, I see you. I see you in that place where you feel unloved and you feel unwanted and you feel underappreciated. And I've come to tell you, I'm coming right down to where you are and I'm about to open up your womb and you're about to give birth to some things that are going to change your life forever. 
Don't worry about what you don't have. I'm about to give you something else. Don't worry about the limitations you've had. All that's about to change. But even still, everything Leah does is trying to please husband. Each son was born with hopes that maybe now I've done enough. Each son's name meaning, now my husband will notice me. Now perhaps he will love me. Now perhaps he will want to be with me. Maybe now my husband will care about me. But finally the Bible says she conceived again. And bare a son. And said now. I will praise the Lord. Now. In all of this. My eyes have been opened. And my affections have been altered. Because now. I'm not interested in what man thinks. And now I'm not interested in what my husband may think I have to offer. But God has blessed me. God has given me sons. God has given me a heritage. God has given me a wonderful opportunity. And now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. She said, I don't have to have any more children. This is all that I've got right here. This is all I've got left. This is my last hoorah. This is the last little bit that I can offer. And what am I going to do? I'm going to offer praise. I'm going to offer worship. I'm going to offer my son. And I'm going to name him Judah. And I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to offer out a shout of praise with this last son with this last go around I'm giving it all that I've got tonight let's all stand all over this house with the birth of Judah when praise was finally delivered and birthed out of her she finally abandons the hope that Jacob would someday see her as enough And said, I can't worry about that anymore. Because he's enough. He's enough. So now she decides to turn her affections on Jehovah. She said, I've been giving and giving and giving to the wrong people. With the wrong purpose. With the wrong attitude. With the wrong wants. With the wrong desires. I've been doing it the wrong way all of this time. Everything I've been giving has kind of just blown up in my face. Everything I've been trying to contribute to God just doesn't seem to work. But it's because I've been trying to please man. I'm wanting my neighbor to see what I've been doing. I'm wanting my husband or my wife to see what I've been doing. I'm wanting others around me to recognize what I... Don't worry about what others think. You just go ahead and let praise be birthed and say, I'm going to offer God praise because I can give praise. I can give worship. I can give my heart. Now with all I've got, with my last child, my last attempt, I will praise the Lord. What I've got, I will give. If you turn to Matthew 1, you will find in verse chapter 2, chapter 1, verse 2, Jacob 
begot Judah. And you go down that lineage. Boom, 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 boom. And you will find none other than Jesus Christ. Listen, Leah. When you decide you're going to give your affections to Him. And you're no longer worried about the approval of others. You're going to be a part of history. You're going to be a part of His story. When you finally say, okay, God. It's all I got left. This is the last child I will ever have. This may be the last time I ever come into the house of God. This may be my last opportunity to get my heart right. And when you finally realize what you have is enough for Him, everything changes. When you decide you're done trying to please others and you're just going to praise Him, miracles happen. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for peculiar. He's looking for a people that are set apart, that are different, that don't have it all together, that don't have everything perfect and lined up. He's looking for someone to say, what I have, I will give. But you see, there's two types of givers tonight. There's Cain and there's Abel. They both gave. But the Bible says that Cain, he gave some of his crops. He gave some to God. But Abel said, no, I want to give my best. I want to give my very best. You know what happens? God refuses Cain. Not his sacrifice. Cain. And he said, but I will accept him. And Cain's over here. He doesn't get mad at God. He gets mad at his brother. He gets mad at the one that just simply gave his best. You hear me? There's going to be people around you when you're given everything that you've got. That are going to mock you. They're going to scorn you. They're, pff, look at them. Look at them over there. Look at them praising God. Look at them offering all that. that that's uncalled for. He could, he could have just given what I gave and just gave some. And then when all of that unfolds, life is lost because of hatred and bitterness. All because this one did not give his best. You hear me tonight. I know my limitations. I know my past. I know my failures. I don't know yours. You know yours tonight. I talk. And you have come in here tonight holding back precious seed, precious giftings, precious callings. Saying, God, me, me, God, you don't understand where I've come from. Oh, yeah, I do. I know who I'm talking to. Look at me. Look in my eyes tonight. I'm talking to you. Who, me? Yes, you. 
If you have ever come into the house of God and asked that question, who me? He's saying, yes, you. Yes, you. This world, it tries to tear down all that is good. It tries to tell you you're never going to be good enough unless you have this product, unless you look this way and act this part and have these friends and have these things. But I've come to tell you tonight, there is a God that does not care about any of that. He is looking for a heart no matter how old or how young, how broken or how blessed. He's looking for somebody tonight that would come to an altar and say, God, what I have, I will give. God, it's just a seven-year-old's heart tonight, but I give it. God, it's just a broken life that's made so many mistakes. But God, I surrender it tonight. God, I'm coming from a broken home and an abused home where nobody loves me and nobody cares about me. And God, I don't have much to give tonight. But whatever I've got, I'll give it. God, and not only is it enough, it is everything you need, Lord. God, what I have, I will give tonight. I just want to be enough for you. Santa Raja Kata.